We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Part two of the DFS OGs podcast here on Roto Grinders. We'll cover these afternoon games on Sunday, Sunday night football, Monday night football, taking more of your questions. Have a little fun along the way. We'll see if we're smashing anybody here in part two of the podcast. But welcome back. I am Chris Beermakers, fan Prince, joined as always by my boys, Notorious. Chop, we ready to get into part two here, brother? Oh, I'm, I'm stoked. Part yeah. two. It's the afternoon. It's the wind down, man. That's right. You know, we always get that second chance. If part one didn't go well, yeah. we can redo it and take our chance here in part two. So let's kick it off with the Lions and the 49ers. We kind of talked about these teams in part one. The Lions obviously looked horrible on Monday Night Football. Now got to go across the country and face the San Francisco team that looked pretty good, Chop. You know, if George Kittle catches that, that 80-yarder, maybe this game's a little bit differently. So – I have a lot of interest in the 49ers side of the ball. Lions, outside of Kenny Galladay, who looked fantastic, not so much. So your thoughts here at Lions 49ers? I think this is a nice nice uh, shootout game here. It all, obviously is all going to hinge on Detroit and, and Matthew Stafford if they can put up points, and I think they do. I think that they just – Stafford just wasn't good. He just threw a lot of picks, and the game got out of hand, and so he got benched in the fourth quarter there just – it's going to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen uh, all that often for him. So he got that out of his system now. I think he puts up points here. He's got three very capable wide receivers. Totally stoked on trying to figure out which one, Tate, Galladay, or Marvin Jones. But I think, I think he's going to put up a good game. And in return, that's going to make Garoppolo put the foot to the, the pedal to the metal here. He's got a good offense. I mean, he really showed – listen, it's tough going into Minnesota like that against that defense, and you put up a very respectable performance. Yeah, man, I'm all in on this guy now. So I think this is a very nice under-the-radar shootout game here in which I can play Garoppolo, Goodwin, Garcon. Well, uh, we'll see about the injury. Didn't Goodwin go down, and we don't know if he's going to play this week? Yeah, and Pettis really played well. So, you know, if Goodwin's down, I think Pettis becomes a, a guy you can look at for sure. And then Big T's boy, George Kittle, like you said, looked great. So uh, I think, you know, he, hey, man, he may work his way up into that second tier of tight ends this year, but he looked good. So, yeah, I think this game, all, all this passing game on both these squads looked very, very luscious to me. 
Luscious. Nice word, John. Derek can smash him. I'm going to drop a luscious on him. Oh, luscious. I like it. All right. Yeah, Garoppolo at 6000 looks like a, a great price on him. Uh, in this short conversation for me in cash games uh, on this early look at the slate. So, Derek, you see anybody that's looking luscious to you in this game here, Lions and 49ers? Yeah, a lot of lusciousness in this one. Uh, <laughs> love Garoppolo, a 6K, good price point for him. You know, we talked about uh, his first start being in Minnesota, wanted to be off of him, hoped that he had a bad game so we could, uh, you know, play him once he gets in a better spot. And I think this is it. Even if Marquise Goodwin's out, I still think you can play Garoppolo. You can pair him up with Garcon. You mentioned Pettis. Uh, Taylor got six targets as well. Uh, also like the tight end of George Kittle, 3,800. I think he'll probably be one of the highest owned tight ends uh, in this slate. But certainly think that the Niners passing offense is going to be a popular target of mine. No interest in the running backs. You know, we still got a time split with Morris and Breda. You know, hopefully Morris's fumble near the goal line will, uh, you know, lead to more, some more touches for Breda. But until that happens, I'll be avoiding both of them. And uh, I'll be avoiding the Lions running backs as well. on Johnson looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Theo Riddick's a guy that's going to get all the passing game work. Not really sure if Blunt's, uh, you know, going to do anything. If he ends up being out, sounds like he's questionable, then you can maybe give a harder look to carry on Johnson. But for the most part, going to be avoiding the running backs and going to take a shot on Marvin Jones. He was kind of the one uh, Lions wide out that didn't do much uh, in the opener against the Jets. We had Kenny Galladay eating up all that garbage time, and then Golden Tate uh, obviously had the big game as well. So I think it's a nice bounce back spot for Marvin Jones. 6200 definitely a good price point for a guy that uh, you know does have 100-yard, two-touchdown type of upside. All right, next game, Derek. Is it a bounce-back spot for Arizona going to L.A.? Because uh, they look dreadful at home, just couldn't get anything going. Are you panicking about David Johnson yet? You know, he got a touchdown, kind of salvaged some of his day, but just to not look like the guy we've seen in years past, the usage, we'll see if that changes here. But 12-point underdogs going to a Rams team that went in Oakland and did what they had to do, looked good, Gurley got it done. Goff got it done. The receivers did what we expected. So what do we do with David Johnson? Can we play him here as a big underdog? And then the Rams, do we play all these guys? Is this a stack it up spot for the Rams against the Cardinals? There's a chance David Johnson could be under 10% on this week. And if that's the case, I'll definitely have some exposure in tournaments. It's not going to be a core play for me. Definitely prefer Kamara in something like a cash game setting. But uh, we've seen him in the past just uh, do really well in these difficult matchups. I remember a couple years ago he won somebody the millionaire maker when he was uh, going up against the Seahawks, and their offense was basically nothing but give the ball to David Johnson. I'm a little worried that they didn't split him out wide uh, very much in the first game. And obviously they just didn't run many plays, so he didn't get many carries. But uh, I do think he's still, you know, very good. Um, I'm so buying him long term. No interest in the passing game. I think Bradford, if he has another bad game, we're going to start hearing uh, some some Josh Rosen, uh, you know, scream. So I don't think I want to play anyone from the passing game right now. As far as the Rams go, just keep playing. They're studs. You know, Gurley's going to be right there with Kamara as the top overall running back. Uh, I like Cooks to kind of bounce back a little bit. He had, I believe he had over 100 yards in pass interference penalties in that first half against the Raiders. Uh, so if he can connect on some of those, uh, I think he's going to be in a really good spot. And you obviously have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Um, probably not interested in Jared Goff just because they don't air it out a ton. But I do think I will be playing quite a bit of Gurley and Brandon Cooks. All right, Chop, same question for you. David Johnson, I mean, Derek talked about it, probably low on. I agree, 8200 a fair price. If we get the, the vintage David Johnson usage we're used to, even playing from behind here 
maybe he's more utilizing that passing game. But outside of that, any interest in Arizona and then primary targets for the Rams in a great spot at home. I'm, I'm a little worried about David Johnson and like what we've seen from him and why we liked him so well before the injury was the way they lined him up in the different places they were able to put him on the field. And now he comes back from the injury and he is a uh, he has a different coaching staff there, man. It's a different – I don't know if we're going to see that same usage like before. So I really don't want David Johnson if we're just going to put him in the backfield and try to force him the ball 30 times. That's, that's fine. Obviously, I would take that. But, like, the uniqueness of having him line up outside and catch those passes as a receiver was what set him apart from everybody else except for Le'Veon Bell. So a little worried about David Johnson. But price is creeping down. I think we can jump on this now and, and – if it doesn't happen this week, then I'll really consider, you know, maybe he's not that guy anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, I know that I'm going to get uh, rammed for uh, the, the small sample size thing of two games, but that's okay. You got to <laughs> take a stand. You got we, we don't have like 150 games in baseball to figure things out. We got 16 weeks. You got to figure it out quick whether he's going to be the same guy or not. But he's the guy this week that you got to take a chance on. I'm not even – I'm not sold on any of these other – Ricky Seals, that was not – if, if, if sleeper means that you actually go to sleep on the field, then yes, Ricky Seals Jones is a sleeper. <laughs> that was terrible. Fitzgerald, you could play again, I'm sure, but he, you can always play him. But uh, on the other side, this is going to be a blowout. And uh, I'm not sure Gurley gets – I mean, I know he's going to get points. He's going to get – like somehow he felt like he did nothing last night. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday, so it was Monday Night Football. Last game, it felt like he did nothing, and he ends up with like 26, 27 DraftKings points. So he's just going to fall into a bunch of points. But at 9.2K, you know, who knows? It's not a must-play. I think Robert Woods gets a tough matchup here. I think Brandon Cooks is the one that's going to go off in this game. Yeah, should be a bonanza here for the Rams. So definitely a good spot. In fact, they may shut out the Cardinals in this game. So tough for me to get too excited about any Cardinals outside of a little David Johnson. All right, let's move on. Maybe the game of the week here, you know, football-wise, uh, even fantasy. I think there's some spots here, Chop. So we got New England going to Jacksonville. Can already sense the excitement for Derek. It's like his Super Bowl here, New England coming to town. So we'll save him for last here. We'll get your viewpoint here on Pats and Jaguars. Well, okay, for the New England Patriots, obviously, same old, same old. It's very difficult to figure out where they're going to go with the ball outside of Gronkowski when he's healthy. He's the only real reliable thing here. Like, I expected a lot out of Chris Hogan. That didn't materialize in week one. I expected more Burkhead. That didn't happen. Now we may get Michelle back. Now we are getting a, a couple of guys signed off the street to play receiver. This week, I don't know if they make an impact or not, but it just really – it makes it even more cloudy than it was before. So, uh, But I'll, I'll go – see, it's tough to play. You can't really come back with Hogan here because he's probably going to get the shadow treatment. He's the only real wide receiver they have. So I think you roll with Gronkowski again. You know, as long as he's healthy, he's the man. Um, and I, I would suppose James White again. It feels like a James White matchup. A lot of check downs to the running backs. I don't think you're going to just try to – Burrow, Rex Burkhead up the middle on this team. So maybe James White, Gronkowski are where I would lean on that one. Running it back with Jacksonville. We don't know about Leonard Fournette right now. I think he'll be healthy enough to play. If not, Yeldon would be a, a, a per perfectly fine play at this price tag. Save you a little money this week, and he's going to get some work in the passing game too. So, you know, for Fournette's out. Yeldon's a good one. As far as those receivers, hard pass on all these guys. 
Uh, Bortles is just not a good quarterback regardless. And even if he were a good quarterback, there's three mouths to feed there, three or four mouths to feed. And he's shown no interest in singling one out as his main receiver. Yeah, and it's a good point on Fournette. Obviously, Yeldon was a guy that got all the work. Keep an eye on Corey Grant as well at 4,300. I think he could be a guy that, that could have a much bigger role if Fournette is out. And, Chop, I agree with you. It's Gronk. It's James White for me are, are the two guys I want. Now, I want to ask Derek, though, are they going to use one of those stud corners to try to take Gronk out of the game plan? Are we going to see Ramsey or Bouye kind of slide in and deal with Gronk? Does he get any of that shadow treatment? And while we're here, my third and wrong, definitely Chris Hogan. Chop, you mentioned him there. Was all over him last week, and that turned out to be a mistake. Just did not put any numbers on the board. And he is one guy that disappointed in week one that I have no interest in going back to in week two. I'll wait till week three on that. But, Derek, answer the ground question first. Do you have any concerns? Could we see that potentially happen? And then, obviously, the rest of this game, how do you think it, it works out, New England and Jacksonville? Yeah, I definitely think they'll use uh, one of their corners to uh, cover Gronk in this matchup. Uh, we saw it in the AFC Championship game last year, and they held him to three or one catch for 21 yards on three targets. So I definitely think uh, we could see. <laughs> Didn't he leave that game injured in like the first quarter? Yeah, uh, maybe. Ah, <laughs> oh, Derek, man, come on. <laughs> Step up your game, Mr. It's, Stats. It's always chop against the analytical and the stats. I, I love it. I love it. Oh, but either way, I do think they're going to plan to use their corners on him. Uh, and then you have Philip Dorsett on the outside. So I actually think it's a pretty interesting spot to go back to Hogan. Um, if he's going to line up in the slot a little bit, nobody's going to play him at this price point. Um, so I think it's an interesting spot for Hogan. I also think Burkhead's going to be the main goal line guy now that Jeremy Hill is gone or injured. Um, Sonny Michelle, he could be back, but uh, even if not, or even if he is, I think Burkhead's going to be the guy that I look to in that backfield. Don't mind James White as an interesting tournament play. As far as the Jags go, if Fournette's out, I don't think I can pay 5600 for Yeldon. I just can't do it. Um, there's some workhorse backs that we have just a little bit more expensive than him this week. So uh, even as a Jags fan, not sure I'll be playing Yeldon. And then uh, if you look at the Jags receivers, you know, D.D. Westbrook was kind of the guy, the go-to guy against the Giants. But Keelan Cole got a lot of Janoris Jenkins in that matchup. He still led the team in snaps. Uh, he out-snapped uh, D.D. Westbrook by quite a bit, out-snapped Moncrief uh, by quite a bit as well. So I don't mind going back to the two wide receivers that kind of burned everyone um, last week in Hogan and Keelan Cole. All right, let's move on. Our last afternoon game, we got Oakland traveling to Denver. Denver got it done at home against Seattle in a close game in Oakland. We saw last night, this really things fall apart in the second half. They were in that game, and then the mistakes started piling up. One of the worst throws I've ever seen came from Derek Carr in that game. So, Derek, any chance Oakland goes into Denver and gets anything done? We saw Jared Cook uh, put up some huge numbers. We saw Amari Cooper basically do nothing one target so does anything change here for Oakland and on the Denver side of things played well you know we, we heard all preseason long Emmanuel Sanders Case Keenum have a great connection we saw that we saw Rice Freeman play decent but we really saw a guy Philip Lindsay step up his game so was that a fluke is that a guy we can go back to so more interest for me on the Denver side of things obviously but your thoughts here on Raiders and Broncos yeah, the Raiders are as bad as we thought they were. Uh, just looks so bad in that second half. No interest uh, in anyone on the Raiders outside of Jared Cook uh, as a cheap tight end. You know, the salaries were released before that game was played, so he's still only 3600 on DraftKings. 
Um, definitely like the spot for him. As far as Amari Cooper goes, I mean, it, it sucks that they brought in Jordy Nelson because, uh, you know, he's going to have to play the slot. And so that moves Amari Cooper outside and he's going to draw the tougher matchups uh, in terms of cornerbacks. So no interest in the running backs and Lynch and Martin. This is just an aging team that's going to get worse. Uh, if you look at the pressures, they have one quarterback pressure on the Rams in week one. Uh, one, Khalil Mack <laughs> had like 15 by himself. Um, so they're definitely going to be regretting that move. Uh, I think the Denver defense is firmly in play. Don't mind looking at Royce Freeman again. Uh, you know, Lindsey's uh, one of those guys that just works hard on every single play. I think uh, he's definitely going to have his big games this year. But I think Freeman's still the guy in this backfield that I want. And Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he was uh, Case Keenum's favorite target in the preseason. That carried over to week one, had that big game. Still think Demaryius Thomas is going to be in the mix as well. Uh, I think you can go right back to the well of this passing game. And the only concern is the uh, game flow. If this game gets out of hand, uh, it's going to get ugly. So uh, I like the Broncos defense. And I think I'll sprinkle in some of the Broncos, uh, you know, wideouts. Yeah, all Denver here. And that was one of our questions we got from D. Watt on Twitter. How do we feel about the Denver D at home? Versus the old Oakland running back. So, Chop, start there as Denver D, one of your favorites. Any interest in Oakland? And I misspoke. Amari Cooper had a whopping three targets. It was one reception he had there. But can Oakland get anything going here? A tough game on the road in Denver. Uh, the Denver defense definitely, definitely firmly in play here as uh, at home against this Oakland offense that just doesn't. Like, there's just not a lot there, man. The running game is is not good with those old backs. Derek Carr is like a statue in the pocket. He doesn't move like Russell Wilson does last week. Denver had to play Russell Wilson. So, And then you've only really got two legitimate targets out there, Cooper and Cook, and Cooper will probably be locked down. And Cook is going to be a handful, but, you know, you can get past that. So, yeah, Denver's defense is squarely in play. Uh, as for Denver, I'll, I'll use my third and wrong on Royce Freeman. I know he got 15 carries and that's good, but I really expected him to be the guy, like the bell cow. And they were more than willing to let Philip Lindsay come in and do his work. So I was probably wrong on that. I think it's going to be more of a split thing all year long. Until somebody gets hurt, then we can capitalize on it. But uh, So I don't know if I'm in on either one of those guys because I just think they're all going to take away. And then, plus, I think Booker still got 26% of the snaps or something like that. So it's just a mess for me. So I'll turn my attention to the passing game. Sanders was the star. But eventually, I think Demarius will have his big games too, like really big games. He he did receive 10 targets in that game. It's not like he was totally shut out or anything. I think Case Keenum's a nice little play there for his price tag. Will probably never rise this whole year. He's got two very solid wide receivers to throw to a third if Cortland Sutton never gets in the game and produces like I like Keenum and I like his two targets there all right let's move on Sunday night football chop your Cowboys it has to be a, a level of concern here did not look great uh, in that game against Carolina the line looked bad Zeke at the end of the day the touches were there found the end zone but outside of that it was pretty ugly but at home against the Giants, who hung in there against Jacksonville. They did look all right and tend to come into Dallas and play well over the last few years. So, Giants, Cowboys, Chop, how concerned are we with Dallas? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say concerned because I never really – I didn't really expect very – Only you're only concerned if you expected something out of them in the first place. Like, I think you could look at the team on paper and see that the offense just – you know, there's nothing there in the passing game. They've got nobody to throw to here, so – 
I don't know. I mean, Elliott, I think, bounces back for a, for a big game here. I think the offensive line buckles down, and they run the ball a lot more than they did at Carolina there. That was a – that game plan never worked out for them, whatever they tried to do there. So, um, I think Elliott is in for the big game. I don't know if I could trust any of these pass catchers, and therefore I don't know if I could trust Dak. I think his, his greatest weapon is going to be – running one in or running two of them in in fantasy and he'll do that every once in a while but I don't, I don't want to pin my hopes to that so Elliot's the guy for Dallas on the flip side Barkley looks great definitely don't mind Saquon Barkley uh but how many points are the Giants going to put up here I mean Vegas is only saying 20 points like I find it hard to believe that when you have Barkley in the running game Odell who's going to stop Odell like Odell looked great against Jalen Ramsey he caught all of his production against Jalen Ramsey last week, or at least uh, the vast majority of it against Ramsey. Like, who's going to stop him for Dallas? So you got Beckham, you got Barkley. How can you not? How can you not put up points if you're the Giants? So, I think that's the route I would take: is is the the studs, Barkley, Beckham, Elliott, and then this is a yeah, this is a showdown slate. So, I think there's merit to taking the best players and actually punting one or two positions with dirt minimum guys who you don't even expect anything out of, but is a total bonus if they get anything. Right. We don't have showdown pricing as of this recording. So we're just going to go off of what we have. And I agree with you. We're getting a nice price on Elliott here at 7,600 with the pricing we have Barkley at 73 and Odell, like you said, look great in a tough matchup, which this not with the Dallas defense. So Derek, same questions for you. Are we concerned about the Dallas offense? And then the Giants, can they go in and get it done here again into Dallas? Definitely concerned about the passing offense for the Cowboys, but I do think this game is going to stay a bit closer than last week against the Panthers. So I will be playing Ezekiel Elliott quite a bit in this primetime slate. Uh, I think it's just a nice bounce box spot for him, especially at home. Chop mentioned that offensive line, uh, still one of the best in football. Um, so I like Zeke for a bounce back game. And then on the other side, there's a lot to like. Saquon Barkley, love what I saw from him last week, getting up in Jalen Ramsey's face, uh, breaking off that long touchdown. Uh, he just looked good, and uh, I'll keep going to him. He played over 80% of the snaps. And Odell Beckham, nobody can be able to cover him in this spot. And I think you can play Eli Manning here. You know, If you look at this primetime slate, you either have Eli, Dak, Russell Wilson, or Trubisky. So I think Eli is going to be one of the top two quarterbacks. And you can certainly pair him up with uh, Odell and maybe even Barkley uh, and just hopes that the Giants offense uh, takes advantage of the Cowboys. All right, speaking of Russell Wilson and Trubisky, we'll go to Monday Night Football, Seattle and Chicago. Seattle hung in there with Denver, did better than I thought they would do. And Chicago, first half was great. Second half kind of fell apart in Lambeau Field. So, Derek, let's finish this baby up, Seahawks and Bears. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that Brandon Marshall uh, is one of the best. Back in our lives. <laughs> for, the, for the Seahawks, that's kind of crazy. It doesn't sound like Baldwin's going to be able to uh, play this week. So, uh, Russell Wilson's got to throw to somebody. Uh, I still think Lockett's going to be his main receiver. But I certainly don't mind looking at Marshall or uh, Disley in this primetime slate. Russell Wilson, I like playing him just because he you know, can do so much by himself. He didn't run a whole lot uh, in that first game against the Broncos, but – you know, he's going to have to take over this offense. Still don't want to mess with uh, the running backs here from Seattle. Then on the Bears, I mean, they look great in that first half and then just couldn't get anything going. Um, I don't mind looking, you know, at some of their guys. Jordan Howard played over 70% of the snaps, uh, which was encouraging. Granted, they were playing from ahead. 
but I do think he's going to catch the ball a little bit more this season. So I like uh, Howard quite a bit. We saw this Seahawks defense just get torched by the Broncos in all facets of the game. I still don't know what to expect from these Bears receivers, but uh, you can certainly look at you know somebody like Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel in tournaments, and I think it's a great fastback spot for Trey Burton. Yeah, I, I love to jam it in this week. Get, get Elliott in there on that primetime slate. Get Barkley, and you go with Jordan Howard. Chop five targets, five receptions for him. Actually looked serviceable as a pass catcher. So your thoughts on Howard here and the rest of Seahawks and Bears? Yeah, this is definitely a, a Howard year as opposed to Tariq Cohen. This is a this is a Jordan Howard uh, time. As for the wide receivers, it, that's a little bit tougher. I think it's still a little bit more spread out. Uh, I think this may be the week that Trey Burden gets uh, gets some action here. But Trubisky looked good, man. I give him credit. So uh, that's good stuff right there. Now, on the flip side there, Seattle, they scored a lot more and they moved the ball a lot better than what I thought they would do against Denver in Denver. So I mean, that, that's a credit to Russell Wilson and how good he is. Uh, the running backs are still a mess right there that I don't want to mess around with. I would say this, I think that on a short slate like this, a two-game primetime slate, you're obviously going to play your defense, and you're, you're probably going to have a player from the opposing offense going against your defense. It's just the way it works, not enough players to choose from. So I do like the Chicago defense, but I also think I'm going to be locking in Tyler Lockett. Uh, he just, once Baldwin went down, he's the guy who moved to the slot, and he looked really good. But I'll be locking in the Bears defense, too, for the fact that uh, Khalil Mack did that damage that he did against Green Bay. And Green Bay actually has a good offensive line and a good system out there. Man, Seattle's offensive line is terrible. What is Khalil Mack going to do to these guys? He's going to embarrass them. And uh, I, I see a lot of upside in the Chicago defense. Yeah, for sure. He, he looked like a man possessed and just dominated that, that first half especially. So love that call. I think they're the best defense on the slate. Uh, and I like the locket call as well. Brandon Marshall – Back in Chicago, so maybe a little revenge for him in this one. But that'll wrap us up for the game-by-game -game analysis. Have a couple questions left over here. We'll get our final thoughts, and then we'll get out of here for week two. So first question, somewhat similar to what we had already, but we'll talk about it again. Uh, came in on Twitter talking about what will be the biggest overreactions from performances in week one that could bomb in week two from Ryan Mickle on Twitter. So, Chop, we're going to start with you. We spoke about a little bit of this in the first part, but what is the biggest overreaction from week one that could bomb in week two? Uh, I mean, there's there's so many, but I, I would say that after everything that has been said the last 48 hours or so, uh, Sam Darnold is being crowned as the you know one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. That doesn't make him a fantasy, like any good in fantasy just yet. And uh, I think there's a lot of room there for him to grow still. So I think a lot of people may just jam in Sam Darnold at a dirt cheap price across the industry. And I don't think he's ready to be your, your starting fantasy quarterback yet. So I think that's an overreaction. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers, he did okay. It's not like he went out there and threw for 350 yards. I know they were playing from ahead. Uh, that kind of limited what he had to do. But – I agree. You know, look good after that first throw, but you know, I don't know that we're going to go out and roster him a ton in daily just yet. So I like that one. Derek, your thoughts. Same question to you. What is an overreaction from week one that we'll see bomb in week two? 
Yeah, I'll take the easy one. I'll go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, obviously, we've known him for many years. We've seen him have big games here and there, but he's not a guy that we can count on for the long run. So, uh, against a good Philly defense, I think he comes back down to earth a little bit. And I agree on that one. Tampa's my call. I talked about it in part one. I'm going to go right back to that well in part two. I will hesitate and probably not roster much uh, Tampa Bay against the Eagles this week. Let's get to a fun question. And these are the ones we're looking for, guys. So, if you're listening to the podcast, you want to get involved, you want to ask a question, I will put out a tweet. You can tweet me or DM me on Roto-Grinders at any time for the following week's podcast. But from our very own Aaron Hendricks at Roto-Grinders, three-part question here. So who would win a foot race between the three of you? Chop, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you start here. That one's pretty easy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Derek there. I'm going to agree with you. We're going to we're going to go with the young guy, the guy that's probably in the best shape of the group. So, Derek, do you agree? You're going to win the foot race. Yeah, I'm going to go one and three in these. And uh, spoiler alert, I think it's going to be the race. <laughs> All right, next question: Who wins a beer chugging competition? Chop. I mean, I'm <laughs> the guy's name is Beer Makers fan. All he does is drink beer. I'm going to lean. Maybe about 15 years ago, I could have given you a run for your money, but not anymore, man. Definitely going to go Beer Maker there. Derek? Yeah, I can't even be my wife in a beer chugging contest. <laughs> I know she can chug pretty well, but uh, yeah, I'll go with beer as well. Yeah, I think this is the one I could win as long as Grant's not in the competition. If you've ever seen that dude chug mm-hmm. a beer, that, that is an impressive feat. Yeah. So uh, as long as he's not in there, I, I think this is my time to shine here in the beer chugging. Now, speed eating competition. Derek, let's start with you on this one. Who eats the speed eating competition? Well, the best speed eaters are usually a little smaller. And, uh, you know, Chop being in Texas is going to eat a lot of uh, food out there. I'm going to go with Chop. I agree. Chop was my pick here in the, in the speed eating. I, I'm the biggest guy of the three, but I think Chop could throw down some food. Chop, what do you think? Yeah, that's, a, that's another easy one. I would definitely win the speed eating. I just, <laughs> and it's, I'm just a naturally fast eater. I don't know. There are some people out there that just, like, I sit down, like, my wife they, they and my kids they get their plate together they sit down at the table and then I sit down and I'm literally about 45 seconds later I'm done with my plate I'm done <laughs> like I'm just naturally fast I don't have anywhere to go or anything to do I just eat fast and uh, she's always crying about that you need to stop and eat slower but no I don't like I just eat fast I've always done it so I could I could throw down some food in a quick manner yeah all right I got two follow-up questions for you chop how many hot dogs could you throw down in in the old uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest with buns <sighs> see the buns are a problem because those guys they saturate it with all that water and I, I that's just kind of gross right there but I mean I'll tell you what if I'm eating just a straight-up hot dog and I don't have to dip it in the water like that just give me a good a good pitcher of water or even a pitcher of beer to wash it down every once in a while. I would say I could probably throw it on about 20 hot dogs, just regular style, wow. regular. Damn. Oh, Damn. yeah, come on. Like, I, sometimes you start eating and you just you stop because you know you're supposed to stop, not because I'm full, you know. It's like, well, I've eaten, I've eaten a few hot dogs. Maybe I should stop now, <laughs> even though I know I could keep going. So I think I got the room to do it. And then if there's a food that you – your preferred food, if we, if we set up a speed eating competition – and you could pick the food, whether it's hot dogs, buffalo wings, pizza, whatever you want it to be. What would be the preferred food here? Could be even be a dessert. Uh, I like to savor my desserts, so I have to draw the line there. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the pizza. I think the pizza thing is a big deal. I think I could do some pizza because not only 
is it good? I love the taste of it, and I could throw it down. I think I have a good technique. I have that fold technique. There I have the go. fold technique. I fold it in half. I get down to the crust, and I set the crust aside. I have a whole different plan for the crust, you know, at the end. So I think I could throw down some pizzas there. So you're a New York style. You, you like that big foldable piece. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, I've had the Chicago style. I definitely prefer the New York style. So maybe we have to set up this competition in Nashville. We'll see. We'll, we'll, oh, keep, an eye. we'll keep an eye on that. The, the, the foot race, the beer chugging, and the speed eating. I, I like that. I'm going to keep that in the back of my head. But any final thoughts, guys, here? Week two, anything you want to discuss, talk about before we wrap this baby up? Derek, let's start with you. Not really. Just looking forward to it. Uh, you know, learn from Chop Week 1. Don't just do all millionaire makers. Kind of mix up your, uh, you know, contest selection a little bit. So don't smash the millionaire maker. That's what you're saying here. <laughs> Chop, any final thoughts? Week two. Yeah, I mean, he's right, man. Don't uh, don't get into contests like that if you actually want to profit. It's very difficult, too. So I'll, I'll be adjusting my, my game accordingly this week and spend a little more time on it. But I like week two because, like we've already said, there's a lot of overreaction from guys from week one. But we, if you've been in the game for a while, you know that it is just a reaction and you can't let it get to you after one week. So this is where we start to, to kind of shine through here. Yep, and I'm going to wrap it up saying we, we've talked about this and Chop just hit on it, but look at those guys that underperformed in week one, the, the Travis Kelseys of the world, the, the Big Bens, Antonio Browns, and really look to get those in a lot of your lineups for week two. So that'll do it here for the DFS OGs podcast for week two on Roto-Grinders. want to thank you guys for some great questions. Again, if you want to be involved in the show, get your question read on the podcast. Hit me up on Twitter. When I post that that tweet, get out there, get your questions in there, or you can DM me on Roto-Grinders. But I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. As always, for my boys, my co-hosts, my OGs, Head Chopper, Notorious, I Am Beer, saying salute. We'll see you right back here for the podcast in week three. Good luck, guys.